When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Hale Varsity Radio, the voice of Husker Nation. Insight, opinion, expertise, with the biggest and best names talking Nebraska across the state. Join the show on Twitter at Hale Varsity and at Schmitz underscore radio. Call in at 402-466-ESPN or 1-800-825-5865. Here's Chris Schmitz. Great to have you in on a Tuesday. It's Hale Varsity Radio. We're presented by Currency. For all your equipment financing needs, go Currency. Some more staff shaping up for Coach Rule and Nebraska. We'll tell you about a couple of different uh, additions uh, that, that have been reported. Uh, good stuff again from our friends at Hale Varsity, uh, Brady Altman's and, and company, Brandon Vogel, Aaron Sorensen, Jacob Padilla. I mean, doing a great job keeping you up to date with how things are shaping up at Memorial Stadium for that coaching staff. Uh, the big question is Mickey Joseph. What's the word on Mickey? Some thoughts we'll get into here in a little bit. Numbers to dial up can join us today on Hale Varsity at 466 3776. 466 3776. 800 825. 5865. Give us a follow on Twitter at Schmidt underscore radio and at Herbal Essence for Elijah. Can watch the show. Do so a couple of different ways. ESPN Lincoln's Facebook, ESPN Lincoln's Twitter, and also the Hale Varsity Radio Twitter handle has this broadcast and streaming at HVarsity Radio. Can also get your uh, episodes of Coffee and Cream. Uh, with uh, Andrew Rogers, Damon Benning. Uh, that show's rocking and rolling here in Lincoln in the morning, 7 to 9. So love those guys being with us. And uh, good uh, content as always. So uh, that's the layout. You can email the show, chris at hailvarsity.com. 20 minutes away. We'll spend time with Mitch Sherman from The Athletic. Love talking ball with Mitch. Been a busy week. In hour two, Matt Schick of Schick and Nick, the Heard At podcast. And, of course, you know Schick from ESPN Radio, Sirius XM, and ESPN UTV. So uh, you've got to be fired up uh, because pot roast is a reality for you. One of your favorite defensive linemen from Denver, uh, officially here with Nebraska as the uh, defensive line coach. I would say interior defensive line coach. Historically speaking, Coach Rule has done uh, a, a two-line setup, right? you got an ends and you've got an interior. You've got a tight end and tackle, and then you have an interior offensive line setup. We'll see where, where that goes, but what we can report and uh, Rivals also reporting this, E.J. Barthel, uh, the running backs coach for the University of Connecticut Fighting Huskies, uh, is now the Nebraska uh, running backs coach. He was director of player personnel at Temple for Coach Rule, uh, was with him at Carolina. But this is what's a couple of things with, with Barthel. And, and, and you know, uh, we are – we're very – 
understanding that the, the business has the ups and downs where you're going to hire and you're going to fire. You're going to bring in people or you're going to try and go get the best. Uh, right now, what is appealing here about E.J. Barthel, a couple of things. He was a recruiting coordinator for James Franklin in 2016. He had a year with Penn State in 2016 and, and, and then was, was, was gone. But that's, that's a good spot. It's a guy that knows the Big Ten. It's a guy that recruited the Big Ten. It's a guy that recruited the Northeast uh, with his different stops. So E.J. Barthel is a young guy. He's only 37 years old, but he has done time, and I mean that he spent at least a year in, uh, in the Big Ten as a recruiting coordinator. And, and just call me crazy, but James Franklin's a pretty intense guy to work for. That is my guess. And you see how well Penn State is traditionally recruited. They're always top three in the Big Ten. And there's been some years, Elijah, where Penn State's finished top ten in, in recruiting. So uh, that's, uh, that's the running back spot. For what it's worth, that 2016 class was 20th in the country but did post a, a couple of NFL guys in Miles Sanders and Connor McGovern. Oh, so Miles Sanders, <laughs> who's killing it for Philly right now. So... He's a recruiting coordinator. Uh, so that's there uh, right now. You have Marcus Satterfield, offensive coordinator, quarterbacks coach, of course, from South Carolina. And uh, Evan Cooper in the secondary. Uh, Corey Campbell, your strength coach. You have the likelihood of either an assistant spot or an analyst for Ed Foley. Ed Foley's background is tight ends and offensive tackles. You also have special teams and analyst option for not Axel, but Ed Foley. So what does that mean for, for Coach Becton at Nebraska? And I don't know what your expectation is as far as staff retention. How many guys that, are, that were at Nebraska under Scott Frost do you anticipate Matt Rule realistically keeping? And the, the two names you hear is, is Mickey Joseph and Bill Bush. And you heard Coach McBride talk about it yesterday. And our friends in the morning, Coffee and Cream on the, e- on the Hale Varsity Twitter handle uh, had a great poll question that you can still go vote on at HVarsity Radio. Uh, how important is it to you uh, when it comes to, to Mickey being a part of this equation, uh, staff-wise moving forward? I think Becton's a heck of a coach. Uh, I, I think... Uh, I think Bill Bush is an amazing coach. I think those are those are three guys that that you could look at. Now, guys are going to go hire who they think are really, really good, that they know they can work with and can work for or have work for you. And, and it also comes down to going and getting people that are familiar with the Big Ten. Matt Rule played in the Big Ten, right, when Penn State got to the Big Ten. He's coached in a Power Five in the Big 12. He's come from the AAC where that's been the launching spot for a lot of coaches that went on to Power Fives that haven't done well. Rule is the exception because he wanted Baylor. Do you go get – you got to go get folks that know the league, okay? And from a recruiting standpoint, uh, Barthel, as a running backs coach, uh, looks like – uh, is, is a pretty solid hire. Well, there's there's something we should note here in that what's really, really important with these assistant coach hires right now, and 
some of these guys could even end up being analysts for all we know. But what's really important is Rule needs guys that he trusts on the recruiting trail because that's what's so important about these hires right now. They're, and they got to know the league. They got to know the league. They got to know the, the the type of guy they need. But they also need to be competent recruiters. And Matt Rule needs to trust them because that's what is important about the next two weeks is getting out there and getting guys that that can go hit the recruiting trail hard and build your first class before this early signing period is up. And and while these guys might not end up being assistant coaches because there's other coaches Rule could have in mind that are possibly still coaching, maybe going to a conference title game, maybe going to a bowl game, that you can play it slow on. What's really important about these first hires is to make sure these guys have a recruiting acumen because that's what's so crucial about these next two weeks is this, this is two weeks that could make or break your next season. The transfer portal changes some things, but Nebraska needs an infusion of talent, especially along the lines of scrimmage. So when I look at these guys, I look less into to what they are as a position coach because I don't think we're locked into these guys being position coaches just yet. We just know they're a They'll part of the staff. They'll fit somewhere. They're, they're a puzzle piece. They're, they're a puzzle piece, but right now what's important is getting the recruiting knocked out and we'll, we'll figure out what what they're going to do, whether it's an assistant coach, whether it's an analyst down the road. Yeah. That, that's something I am looking at this with, with the lens of, of Matt Rule knowing his top of mind is how important the recruiting is going to be right away and, and really – you know, starting getting a running start into your recruiting right now. Four six six three seven seven six or eight hundred eight two five five eight six five numbers to get in. Here's what I believe. Okay, and let's just lay out some of the jobs that are open. Let's talk jobs that are open. You thought you were done with this. Bear with me. You're not. And jobs that are open. And Mickey Joseph. Okay. Take take your, your Husker Red off for a second. Okay? Let's do the old blind taste test here. Three and six does what for you if you're an AD wanting to hire? Does it even get on your radar? If you're a good AD, you dig a little bit deeper and you go, oh, three and six at Nebraska with massive amounts of injuries. The eye test tells me the kids got better. The eye test tells me they improved. They beat Iowa to, f- to finish the year. And they survived. They didn't win, but they survived with backup quarterbacks and a makeshift offensive line, and the defense got better. Nebraska football finished way better than they've finished in a long time, and it was because of Mickey Joseph. It was because of this staff coming together. That is fact. So three and six doesn't tell the whole story, but it may for some ADs. What what are Mickey Joseph's strengths? Communication, connection. Mickey Joseph's strengths is recruiting, incredible talent, but getting a lot out of that talent. And, and Mickey Joseph's strength is just being absolutely 100% direct with you, the player, and coaching you hard. There's no BS with Mickey. So he's super appealing. We're closer to it. Is he somebody that Florida Atlantic should look at? Yes. UNLV, UAB, Liberty, Tulsa. Tulane's not going to be open. Texas State, Western Michigan. Those, those are... Those are Jobs that are open that Mickey should be considered for. As far as a power five, Stanford, Georgia Tech is going to use their interim. Cincinnati's open. There's Colorado. There's South Florida. Probably going to Dion. There's Charlotte. What does Mickey want to do? Mickey wants to get paid. Okay. And does Mickey want to be a head coach? Probably. 
Does Mickey want to be a head coach at one of these other spots? And and he's moved around, but he's primarily been he's been in Louisiana, he's been in Mississippi, and he came back home to Nebraska. Okay, so do you want to go set up shot shop at fifty five, making I don't know what what UNLV pays two million one point five. You got to look at it if you're Mickey Joseph. What's best for me and my family and my coaching career? Mickey Joseph has coached for over 30 years, and he's crawled his way up because he's a grinder. Mickey Joseph did not start making real, air quote, real college football money till 2016 mm-hmm. when he got to LSU, and that was probably five hundred or five hundred fifty thousand dollars. Okay, he got a bump to come to Lincoln at six. And well, then, you got a bump following the national championship season a little bit. I think it was like five to five fifty. Yeah, so like so so Mickey's done fine, but I have no earthly clue what he made at Louisiana Tech for a year, or at Elkhorn State, or go down the list of some of the smaller schools. I don't know what that salary structure is: forty grand, a hundred grand, one hundred and fifty. And it's not all about money. I mean, he's a teacher, he's a coach, he's a people person, but you need to be compensated for for your worth. LSU right now pays and i don't know their receivers coach but their receivers coach is the highest paid wide receivers coach in college football the guy that replaced mickey at a million dollars okay i think mickey's probably top five top six can you come to a based on your your salary pool of seven million you still got to pay a defensive coordinator you still got to round out your staff but can you put a price tag can you honestly put a price tag on peace of mind I, I'm fairly certain Mickey and, and Rule meant this morning. I would think uh, Mickey has got some offers to field as a receivers coach, as a uh, maybe as a court. He's never called plays, though. That's it. I mean, if you're going to get a head job in college football, you need to be a coordinator. Not necessarily. More times than not, More times than not a, yes. a position coach does not get hired Dabo Sweeney okay that's 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 it and then Mickey Joseph is interim or, or defensive coordinator a lot of times right more times than not you've got to have been a coordinator or a former head coach to get another head coaching job but he had the the, uh, the experience as interim now I don't think that's going to pop him up to a, a power five job right now that's why we've listed off mm-hmm. some some group of five teams but he has that experience there and I think with that in the back pocket you can remain a wide receivers coach and if you do really really well you can get a head coaching opportunity and if I'm Mickey Joseph, I'm looking around college football, and as you said, top five, top ten type wide receivers coach in the country. I look at a guy at Ohio State and Brian Hartline, hmm? a guy who is nailing their recruiting year in, year out, the, the lead offensive recruiter for Ohio State. He's also their passing game coordinator now, and bar none, one of the best wide receivers coaches in the so country. So he, he's a guy that comes to your mind that could be a head coach somewhere? He could be a head coach somewhere, and that's another guy I look at. If I'm Mickey Joseph and I say, I think I'm like that guy. I think I deserve to make what that guy makes. What's Hartline pulled on? $950,000 a year. Okay. And, and that's, I think, the number that Mickey Joseph should probably realistically be asking for from Nebraska, at least nine hundred. dollars Which sure. is it's a big chunk of change for Matt Rule. It's a, a big another consideration here. Whenever you have $7 million to spend, do you want to give almost a million dollars a year to a wide receivers coach? And right How's, now, I, I'd say how, from an outside perspective, I'd say yes with the recruiting acumen that Mickey Joseph brings. How, how, well, and look, look at what he's put into the NFL. I mean, right? I mean, look, look at the guys starring on Sundays that were his guys. That's a little bit of proof for me, right? Go win ball games with those guys catching passes. Mm-hmm. So Mickey Joseph, uh, I, I think, 
worst case, gets a two to $300,000 raise to stay. If you're Matt Rule, can you put a price tag on peace of mind? You want to win? You want to win soon? Well, O'Shawn Mathis, his tweet, talking to Mickey, uh, leaning towards the NFL, waiting. Uh, he, I, I, I'm paraphrasing here, waiting to talk to Mickey, but leaning towards the draft. Mm-hmm. I think you got a ton of guys that will absolutely stick and stay if if Mickey's back, and, and, and you can pay Mickey to come back, and and O'Shawn can be one of those guys. Casey Thompson can be one of those guys if Mickey sticks and stays. Uh, and then you add to the fact the recruiting class. It's going to make Matt Rule's job a lot easier for the next two weeks if you have the the base that Mickey Joseph has already built on your recruiting class. It just kind of comes down to what Mickey wants to do. Yes. It is very important to the fan base that he's taken care of unless he has a better opportunity to get that head coaching job. Uh, we'll talk with Mitch Sherman next on Hale Varsity. Pardon the interruption, but I'd like to save you some money. I'm Brandon Vogel, Managing Editor of Hale Varsity. I wanted to offer listeners of this podcast $10 off the price of an annual subscription. That means that you can get everything we produce, 10 issues of our monthly magazine, our annual football yearbook, and all of the premium content we produce at HaleVarsity.com. Just go to HaleVarsity.com slash subscribe and enter the promo code GBR for $10 off a full year of Hale Varsity. That's HaleVarsity.com slash subscribe, promo code GBR. And now, and now back to Hale Varsity Radio. Thanks for spending time. It's Hale Varsity Radio presented by Currency. Less than an hour, Matt Schick will join us. Uh, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM, Schick and Nick podcast. We welcome in Mitch Sherman from The Athletic at Mitch Sherman on Twitter. Star-studded lineup today. We're uh, working hard. Mitch, how are we doing? Um, you know, I'm still standing. That's about the best that I can say. <laughs> you and me both, but you've been you've been hoofing it, man. You're awesome. Great coverage, and yeah, thanks yeah. for sharing. You have that espresso on an IV drip. Um, that's that's next. I, I've just been going regular coffee, but uh, you know, if if things continue as they have for the last 36 hours, I, I'm going to be on an IV drip. Yes, <laughs> one way or another. We will we will uh, make that happen. So we can start a lot of different spots. I want to get your thoughts on on coach rule and and his introductory presser let's just start with with 24 hours ago and uh your reaction your impression here um uh, and it, it was really good the side sessions were, were really informative not only from trev but also uh-huh. from from coach rule with just this whole process man and it was it was touch and go is is what it sounded like uh, for this to actually get pulled off yeah and that is what uh, is on my computer screen is a is a large document that is pulling together that touch and go nature of the of the search and of the the pursuit of Matt Rule that Trev Alberts undertook over the last two months and you know really it does go back almost two months and I, I recognize that Matt Rule was employed by the Carolina Panthers until October 10th but it's interesting. To, to dig into it and, and, and recognize that, that Trev Alberts had his eyes on Matt Rule even before that went down in Carolina. So, you know, when he stands up there and says that Matt Rule was, was candidate 1A, you know, a lot of athletic directors say that, and, and I, I do believe it in, in this situation. Trev, it was not always looking like he was going to get his top guy, but 
but he did at the end of this. He did, and the the dynamic here of of rule and when he came back on the radar and the 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 merry-go-round of Nebraska's negotiating stance, rules negotiating stance, and then the third party of Carolina, Mitch. I mean, this was a this was a ton of work for Trev. Yeah, the Panthers made it the most difficult, not necessarily because they, they were difficult, but they're, they're not, uh, you know, they're not as invested in the situation and they weren't as motivated to make this work as Nebraska was in, in looking for a coach and in trying to hit a home run with the hire. And in Matt, Rule, in Matt Rule's case, wanting to uh, get back into the business, you know, not, not sit on the sideline. And meanwhile, you have Carolina and, and a billionaire owner who, it doesn't have that same kind of urgency. So in the, of the three parties that were working on this, it was, it was certainly a challenge for Trev Alberts and, and for Matt Rule to make it work with Carolina. But you, you had to do that um, or, or this thing, it wouldn't have come together. So I, I think if it's, a, if it's a different kind of deal and you're, you're hiring um, a college coach or you're hiring an NFL coach who doesn't have the $40 million buyout, then this thing would have would have come together in a different way. The good thing for Nebraska is that he's here now, and you know he's had time already to to look at Nebraska and and, and pay attention to what's going on. And, and now that he's on the ground in Lincoln, instead of trying to coach a bowl game with a, a college program or or say goodbye to to a college program like like other coaches who are getting hired right now are doing, uh, Matt Rule's full. 100% attention can be on Nebraska on these players and you know, figuring out his coaching staff and, and his recruiting plan. Recruiting needs to hit the ground, and, and Rule's already been working on that. You, you've got to have you, – you can have a partial staff, but you have Barthol. Uh, it's been reported that he's Nebraska's new running backs coach. You've got old pot roast, uh, Knighton on the defensive line, and then and then Satterfield, and then uh, Campbell and – in Foley, those are the names we're hearing along with Evan Cooper. What's your read on the Mickey situation? I think it's fluid, and you know, we're continue- this is this is like the the coaching search all over again with candidates. And a week ago, I think we were talking about Matt Rule being fluid and other coaches coming in and out of the mix. And you know, is Lance Leipold still in this? It was just last Tuesday night that he signed the extension to Kansas. And, you know, up until that point was a was a candidate at Nebraska and Luke Fickle was coming onto the scene. And we see that that was a real, a real thing as, as Fickle goes and signs with, with Wisconsin on the day after Nebraska got ruled. But that's where we are with Mickey Joseph in this situation. It's fluid. And and he's had a conversation with Matt rule. And, and I I don't believe that there has been a final determination made, but Mickey has some other things in the works. And, you know, the best thing for Mickey Joseph at the end of, of all of this, would would be for him to get a head coaching job, and, and I think Nebraska people should should look at it that way too. Ultimately, when when Mickey took over Nebraska and had nine games, it was a, a tryout, and his 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 best case scenario was to get the job at Nebraska, was to take Nebraska to a bowl game, and 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 do do so much in in those eleven weeks that that he was the guy, and that obviously went a different direction for Nebraska. The next best scenario for Mickey Joseph in his career was for Mickey to find a job as a head coach at another program. And then you start to look at the possibility and, and, you know, selfishly Nebraska fans are going to want him on staff no matter what, 
but you also have to think about Mickey in this, and, and he wants to be a head coach. And I think these nine games gave him a taste of what being a head coach can be like. So he's going to pursue those things, um, and, and he, of course he's going to want to keep Nebraska as an option if that's something that, that, that Matt, Rule's, Matt Rule feels is a possibility. So I think it's still going to be a few days before – um, or at least a day uh, before we know exactly what's what's going on with Mickey and his future. When it comes to, to Mickey and, and potential head coaching landing spots, I mean, there's been 17 gigs open. Uh, he's not been a coordinator, but he's an excellent recruiter. And, and his tryout, if you look at it, the the way the team played is impressive. It's more impressive than their record with all that they went through injury-wise. But do you look at a, at, at a Tulsa or a UNLV or a UAB? I mean, and I'm not sliding Mickey by not throwing out Stanford or, or Cincinnati or, or South Florida, but those places usually go to, 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 to guys that have head coaching experience. Yeah, I, I don't think I, – I think you're, you're barking up the right tree. In, in, in the direction that you're going. I think UNLV and, and Tulsa and, and you know, Tulane is a possibility. But um, the bigger jobs, for sure. Athletic directors are going to be more apt to hire coaches who have with, with head coaching experiences, experience. You know, you know um, interestingly, um, I'm looking here. Well, yeah, Matt Rule was an offensive coordinator for three years before um, before becoming the head coach at Temple. I was going to say that he didn't have much coordinator experience, and, and he did, 08 to 11, um, as Temple's offensive coordinator. So I, I don't think, though, that Mickey and his lack of coordinator experience is a, is a, a detriment for him as a head coaching candidate because he's going to be the type of head coach, if, if, if and when he gets a job, who uh, delegates well. And, you know, he's not going – much like Matt Rule. He, he had been an offensive coordinator, but I think Matt Rule as a head coach in his previous college stops and, and with the Panthers was a head coach who delegated, and his own previous experience as an offensive coordinator was not essential to what he did as a head coach. So in, in that way, I think Joseph and Rule are somewhat similar, and it shouldn't be held against Mickey as, as he goes for head coaching positions that 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 he's only been an assistant coach or an associate head coach in the case of what he did at Nebraska. And of course a head coach for the last nine games at Nebraska, which certainly helps his candidacy any, anywhere. Mitch Sherman's with us here on Hale varsity radio. And Mitch, do you have a, a read or a, a guess on a, a timetable for Mickey's decision? What's complicated here is the, the coaching carousel is a, a, a fickle beast. You don't quite know when it's going to stop spinning, and that's what kind of leads to some question marks and why this could be a little bit up in the air. But do you have a timetable on, on when this drama could end, maybe by the end of the week? I think so. I think that's a, a fair uh, assessment. It could end sooner. He could he could get an offer from Rule sooner. He could part ways with Nebraska without another job necessarily sooner. I think those are both um, – on the table, or he could get picked up as a, as, as a head coach. Um, there's just a number of, those are three directions right there that, that, that it could go, but I don't think it's, it's going to be a real long process. You know, there's also the possibility that he could catch on somewhere and then become a head coaching candidate as jobs open later in this cycle. So not out of the question for coaches to latch on and then to, to move before they ever spend 
uh, a day on the sideline at that school. Not to say that that happens often, but in the case of somebody like Mickey, who is potentially a head coaching candidate and an assistant coaching candidate, um, you know, he would be in the category, in the small category of, of coaches who, who could end up in a scenario like that. Mitch, uh, some of the, the names that were on Frost staff, do you feel like uh, a guy like Bush or Becton uh, have a shot, Rude? I mean, what, what's your feel with any potential holdover? Um, well, Bush, Bush is not going to be on the staff. Um, I do know that. Um, the others, uh, I, I don't know. Um, I guess I don't expect it. So that's that's about as and, and I haven't talked to those guys. I don't know what's going on with Barrett Rood or, or with Sean Becton, but um, I I don't expect it. You know, you see the pattern that's developing here with the coaches that Matt Rule is is hiring, and a lot of these guys have worked with him at, at various stops. And I think most of his staff is going to fit that that category. Perhaps not everyone. So maybe there'll be an opportunity for somebody who's a holdover from Nebraska. Um, maybe there'll be an opportunity for him to bring in somebody from the outside that got a strong recommendation and, and hasn't worked with him at one of his, his previous places as a head coach, or, or maybe he'll go deeper into his past and find somebody that he worked with on the assistant coaching level. Um, I don't know, but, but as it relates to any specific Nebraska assistant, I don't think the outlook is real optimistic. Not to say that one um, couldn't emerge through this. Mitch Sherman's with us on Hale Varsity. Uh, Mitch with The Athletic at Mitch Sherman. Mitch, about 15 seconds, bud. What uh, can folks look forward from you uh, here in the, the near future? The, well, I'll, as I said, we are um, putting together the story on, on all that happened in the search and trying to get as much information as we can about where it went and how it went. Uh, both with Rule and, and other directions that Trev Alberts looked. Um, we know that, that Rule was his top candidate, but that doesn't mean, well, he, Trev said it, there were 13 candidates. So um, getting to uh, getting to the bottom of some, of some of that, I think it's a fascinating process to look at um, a 76-day search and, and try to uh, uncover as much as possible that, that happened during that period. Mitch, thanks for the time. Good to spend a few minutes with you. All right. Take care, guys. Thanks. There is Mitch Sherman. Chime in, 402-466-ESPN, or email the show, chris at hailvarsity.com. Just try me, try me. Back to Hale Varsity Radio. Back with you, it's Hale Varsity, presented by Currency. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal. Some insightful stuff there from Mitch Sherman from The Athletic. And... Some of you might be rolling your eyes, Schmid, why ask it about the former staff. This is new. This is rule. This is how things go. Absolutely. Uh, But uh, you have a couple of guys in Bush and Becton that have been long, long time guys. And they've been to to various spots. Becton more so Central Florida for most, most of his career. But I asked about him just because of what you've seen performance wise, not only on the recruiting trail, uh, from Becton uh, in the uh, southeast part of the U.S., but also the position coach that's uh, built up a guy, and I know Fedoni's been injured, but but <laughs> Becton's done a really nice job of uh, getting a hold of some some in-state talent tight ends, and I know some have gotten away as well. But look at the development within that room. His development. Austin Allen. 
uh, Travis Vokalek. I'd even add Borkacher to that list this mm-hmm. season. Well, well, and 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 then you've got uh, uh, Chancellor. Chancellor Brewington's been phenomenal for two right? years. And and then you've got some young pups uh, that are on the way. The kid out of Creighton Prep, Rollins. Yeah, big old Rollins. I mean. Nebraska's had good tight, really good tight end play, and and a lot of that credit goes to Beckton. And I think Beckton, we talk a lot about coaches and evaluation and, and a set of eyes. I mean, Beckton's been doing it for a long time. Beckton's a guy that and he and he got retained last year. He was the only offensive coach to get retained, and and he he has an eye for talent and and projection. And let's also discuss the fact. I mean, some people have said, well. Let's not talk about the old guys, to your point, because let's let Matt Rule bring in his staff. And that's totally fair. That's fair, but I'd also add that Matt Rule doesn't really have a staff. It's not like a, a you're going and plucking a sitting head coach that has a staff fully assembled. His staff from Temple and Baylor scattered, scattered. a bit mm-hmm. when he went to the Panthers. Some followed him to Carolina. Uh, you had one or two stick around at Baylor. You had some guys head off elsewhere to Texas A&M and, and other places. So it's not like he has a cohesive staff that is now out of a job. I mean, if you're going to go try to get the band back together, you got to go pluck guys from some good jobs. And one guy I think of is Elijah Robinson down at Texas A&M, the interior defensive line coach. And could he be coming? Maybe. But Texas A&M isn't a bad gig right now with how their recruiting looks. Jimbo Fisher might be on the hot seat, but his bio is humongous. And uh Dude, if if he goes four and eight, five and seven next year, if, if he's not, if he's not nine and three next year, he, he they're gonna they're gonna pop him. But are you gonna leave that gig with the great recruiting the Texas A&M has for a program that frankly has been down in the dumps for five years now? Do you, well, but, if not longer. Well, but it comes down to who do you like? Who do you who would you prefer to work for? Sure. Do you want to keep working for Psycho Jimbo, or do you want to come back to work for a Rule? And 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 Elijah Robinson is a get. That's a yes. guy you go get if you're Nebraska. Absolutely. The, the Mickey factor, though, and, and the, the way Mitch talked, I mean, Mickey's, Mickey's going to have some opportunities and options. And listen, I know I was talking about coordinator experience, but yeah, there is, there is the head coach, like a Switzer. Now, Switzer had coordinating experience, but Barry is a motivator. Mm-hmm. Barry had an eye for talent, and Barry was a closer, right? So was T.O., and T.O. had an eye for talent and development, and you need to go get a guy that can see high level talent and then project that into reality by coaching and training and meetings and obviously practice field performance. So I, I look at, I bring up Bill Bush because of, of who he's delivered. And if he's not on staff anymore, permit Sherman, then that's, that's too bad. But we love us some Bill Bush, great dude, tremendous recruiter, and uh, appreciate his time at Nebraska. Th- there are there are comps out there that you know that that have worked with you, and, and that's the route rules going to go. But the Mickey situation is all right. Let's let's figure out here by the end of the week. Are you going to take a gig at Tulsa or Tulane or UNLV or UAB because? Man, you've been working your butt off for three decades to get a shot at being a head coach. And you've got to go after that at this point in your career at age 54, going to be 55. You can't fault him for that. You applaud him for that. Having an, it's, it'd be easy to come stay in Lincoln, collect the check, and, and, and keep doing your thing here. And he may. 
he may figure this is the best spot for me. I'm happy. I, I chose a second time to come to Lincoln. But, man, he think about it. Getting the taste of being a head coach and doing good work and then having your own thing. God, that'd be fun for him. But there's a risk versus reward element right now with Mickey Joseph in this decision because Matt Rule, let's be honest, he needs an answer and he needs an answer yesterday because of the recruiting He also understands because he just played the leverage game himself. He he also understands, but you also, if you're him, you know you need an answer as soon as possible. And you're going to give Mickey Joseph a little leeway if you really do want him. Sure. But you're also going to need an answer. And Mickey is going to have to look at this and say, do I want a guaranteed job with Nebraska that's probably giving me somewhere probably close to a million dollars. That's I don't think that's a stretch to say that's what Mickey Joseph It deserves. needs to be. So you have to sit there and say, do I want to take the the opportunity I know is right here that is guaranteed to me, or do I want to take my chances? And Matt Rule goes and hires a different wide receivers coach, and now I'm hanging in the wind here saying, well, I, I'm going to go apply for head coaching gigs. If I don't get it, where do I end up? Am I a wide receiver coach at someplace lesser than Nebraska? Is somebody else going to fire their sitting wide receivers coach to bring me in? There's a lot more question marks if you decide to go test the waters of being head coach if you don't get the job where Nebraska will be the guarantee because mm-hmm. reading the tea leaves here, Matt Rule really wants Mickey Joseph, and I'm inclined to believe that there's some momentum headed that way to Mickey Joseph sticking around, but th- that's got to be the question floating through Mickey's mind right now is do I go with the guaranteed option of Nebraska that's going to get me paid, or do I go take a chance on myself and run the risk of trying to get a head coaching gig. And if I don't get that head coaching gig, my opportunity might not be as good as it would have been at Nebraska. What's what's going to make him the happiest? Mm-hmm. Being able to run his own program or, okay, you're, you, you got passed over in, in a tough situation. And, I mean, it's the same thing with, with Jimbo Leonard. I mean, look at him. He can he can make a fortune staying at Wisconsin, and quite frankly, their transfer portal numbers depend on him staying. And the guy Jim Leonard's pissed at is his AD McIntosh, not Luke Fickle. Okay, um, Fickle's the the he's the coach now, but he he was the messenger, right? Or he's he's who who you got dumped for. I think it's real real hard for Leonard to stay at Wisconsin, and does he go? get a, a head gig at one of these spots because that that's means, yeah. that's that's the thing and is does he want to go to a g5 and start out there does he go to a western michigan now if 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 you're um if you're a power five i don't maybe maybe he's getting phone calls made to stanford but does he know that area he's a, he's a wisconsin guy that's the other part of this like mickey knows the uh the, the sunbelt region and and he knows Lincoln. I mean, if if you're a Nebraska fan and Mickey makes the decision that you know what I, I'm happier. I really would love being a head coach, but man, I'm happy and as a position coach, getting a raise and then just dominating in-state recruiting. I mean, put him in charge of the state and beyond. I mean, he's he's tireless uh, at at recruiting. This will be fascinating to see what happens and what shot Mickey has as a head coach at some different spots. And now. And now. Back to Hale Varsity Radio. One final time this hour, Matt Schick, ESPNU, Sirius XM, ESPN Radio. Schick and Nick podcast coming up here in 10 minutes. His take on rule, the college football world, and some U.S. soccer. Iran, not Iran, Iran, 
but you can call it whatever you want now because you won. Wait, is this our U.S. soccer segment? It's our U.S. soccer 30 seconds. You're going to be crushing... Don't. <laughs> you're you're gonna you're gonna be slamming tall boys about ten thirty on Saturday morning, aren't you? Seven a.m. As soon as I show up here. Okay. I'm kidding. <laughs> well, you do you. I mean, I'm not gonna judge. <laughs> but Animal and the crew, I'm sure, are gonna be rocking and rolling downtown in the Haymarket. Oh yeah. For uh, for some soccer and coverage. I, I, I hopefully will be able to go visit them after we finish yeah. up the show on Saturday. Maybe, maybe I'll are. maybe I'll text Connor and see if he wants to work a Saturday morning yeah. show. Well, just make it more the merrier. Throw us down there with him. Let's do it. Roadshow. Well, reach out to your soccer peeps. I don't have any soccer peeps. Just really. to um, not make it awkward. I don't want to, you know, <laughs> go Jim Leonard. Uh, I'll, I'll fickle here. <laughs> <laughs> Do you want me to sit over by the ficus? <laughs> Since we're sharing an office right now. Uh, let's tell you about your friends at Red Zone Tickets. You have tickets to buy or sell. You can't go where you want to go. Hey, Husker Volleyball in action for the NCAA Tournament. And, of course, Creighton basketball, man, they keep climbing in the ratings. Uh, Options for you with red zone tickets, concerts or theater seats. How about the College World Series? Redzonetickets.com is where you log on. And they are Omaha proud, selling funds since 2001. An A-plus Better Business Bureau rating. They're your local source, Red Zone Tickets. And they have that 100% guarantee on all orders. Get that bucket list crossed off. And create the memories that last a lifetime. RedZoneTickets.com. RedZoneTickets.com today. Deion Sanders, Boulder, South Florida. Where will prime time be? Next question goes to Kendrick Marshall. Yeah, Coach. Um, over the weekend, Pete Thelma with uh, Fox Sports reported that uh, Colorado ESPN. had made you an offer to become their next head coach. Mm-hmm. How um, true is their report? And is there any mutual interest between you and the school? Yeah, definitely. The report is true. Um, they're not the only ones. The report is true. I'm not going to sit on here and tell all the business, but they're not the only ones. And I would be a, a liar if I told you they didn't. You know they did. I know they did. Everybody there know they did. So it is what it is. That's not uh, my focus right now. My focus is to to win and to be dominant and then to to uh, not even to go on to the to there and the celebration bowl. My focus is right here in this beloved stadium to be dominant on Saturday. That's my focus. And I keeps the main thing the main thing. And everyone that knows me know that about me. I have an innate ability to focus and keep the main thing the main thing. As a follow-up, um, how do you not let these reports distract you from preparing for each week and preparing your team to play? Well, to someone else that hadn't been that dude, it, it's uh, intoxicating. I've been praying for a long time, dog. <laughs> <laughs> Attention ain't nothing new to me. It's like, like, come on, this, this is. I'm not being uh, braggadocious or whatever. That's a wonderful word. And the braggadocious just came up with that. I think I said that a few weeks ago. But this ain't new to me. Being in the spotlight ain't new to me. I got to just turn that light and channel it to my kids, channel it to my coaching staff, channel it to the support staff. We we've been in the spotlight for a long time individually. It's time to bring us collectively, and that's what I've been doing ever since I touched foot on this campus and into uh, HBCU football. I've been a big deal a hell of a lot a long time. I love his answer. Matt Schick, a big deal. Schick and Nick, ESPN, next, Hour 2 on the way with Hale Varsity. Each year, approximately 5,000 children are diagnosed with brain cancer. Of those children, nearly 30% will not survive, and many of those that do are left with debilitating side effects for life. 
We're asking you to help by tuning in to the 10th Annual Team Jack Foundation Radiothon presented by The Home Agency on September 29th. Become a champion for a cure for just $20 a month. Visit teamjackfoundation.org to learn more. Thank you for helping us fight for a cure. Welcome to Hale Varsity Radio, the voice of Husker Nation. Insight, opinion, expertise, with the biggest and best names talking Nebraska across the state. Join the show on Twitter at Hale Varsity and at Schmitz underscore radio. Call in at 402-466-ESPN or 1-800-825-5865. Here's Chris Schmitz. Back into it at Tower 2, it's Hale Varsity Radio, presented by Currency. For all your equipment financing needs, go Currency. We say hi to Matt Schick with us. Of course, Schick and Nick Podcast. And you, you know him from ESPN Radio, Sirius XM, and ESPNU. Okay, uh, do you have old glory out as a cape right now? Are you racing around the backyard? The U.S. is advanced in the World Cup, Schick. You know, this is going to be really sad for me to say, okay? And I am, I love my country. I love everything. Don't love soccer, but I love my country. Uh, proud to be an American. So don't take this the wrong way. But there is something about all of us rooting for the same team that just isn't as fun. You know, it's just not as fun. It's, uh, you can't trash talk at work. You know, you can't, you can't brag to your buddy. It's like we're all living here, you know, so it's like I don't get as into it as others, but I'm happy that we won. Does that make sense? Like yeah. it doesn't change my life. It doesn't change my minute to minute. It's cool that we won, but, man, you know, uh, you get Colorado on the field against, uh, you know, an arch rival, and, uh, you know, I might feel something different. No, I, I, I get you. Now, if you work at a place that has a coworker from another country <laughs> and, 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 and you start talking around the water cooler and you just pray he's not, uh, you know, an obsessed soccer hooligan. You don't get stabbed in the neck. <laughs> I mean, it could go sideways. <laughs> it could. It could. That's why, that's why, you know, you just have to tread lightly, you know, whether he's a, a fan of a soccer team from another country or, you know, he's an Auburn fan, right? I mean, it's all <laughs> You are you are correct, sir. <laughs> Careful with SEC fan you you tick off at work. <laughs> That's it. Make sure you don't have any those non conference games can really be treacherous to work, you know. Oh, well, every time we'd go to Boulder and it's turned into non conference, but uh, I'm going to say you guys, and I don't mean it that way. But you, that's fine. That's fine. <laughs> somebody, did, you guys, somebody have to come back, and they need a new paint job or a new set of tires, or someone to take a tire <laughs> iron to the windshield. I mean, uh, you guys were really good at, at making people run for the border back to Nebraska back in the day. Oh man. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Well, it's like you could say, hey, you know, be careful in this other country. You know, when you're rooting for this team or that team or you declare you're an American, I'm like, don't worry about it. I'm a Nebraska fan. I've been to Boulder in an away game. I'm fine. I get it. Okay? I, I know how bad this can be. I've, I've gone through the fire, and we'll, we'll figure this out. Yeah, those were great days. Those were just really fun, fun days, especially for your deductible. That was a good, good time. <laughs> well, uh, speaking of money, a, a boatload of it spent on Matt Rule. Uh, seventy-four million dollars over eight years. Whatever, Carolina got kicked back as well, 
and then the assistant pool for is seven million. So a big time investment by Trev. But Matt, a really interesting press conference yesterday. Uh, alignment, the word of the day, but seems like Nebraska, as we're used to doing this here every five years in the state, can take a step forward. And uh, I think uh, Rule hit all the right notes yesterday. Yeah, he did. You kind of learned that there's no, you can't put a price tag on winning, right? I mean, <laughs> you could have said $150 million, and Husker fans like, well, does it mean we're going to win a championship? Yeah, okay, fine. Where do I sign the check, even though it's not coming out of my coffer? I mean, uh, you can only lose so much before you start, uh, you stop uh, tightening the wallet. Um, but yeah, I, I thought, you know, and, and going in, and I've said time and again when his name, when he was fired here in Charlotte, uh, tweeted it out, just felt, you know, he should be number one on the list for a lot of different reasons. I remember watching his news conference here in Charlotte and just being blown away by just how he commanded the room and how great he was. And I, I've said, you know, him and him, Trev would be a great duo pulling in the right direction and, and winning over people. And, and of course, you know, winning the conference and press conference is one thing. Winning the Big Ten conference is something completely different, but we don't have any games right now. So that's, that's all you can do. But, um, you're right about hitting the right notes. And, you know, from line of scrimmage to Husker tradition to family, I mean, I, he, um, I don't know who gave him the rundown about the right things to say, but as the son of a pastor, he probably didn't need too much help. And I just, you know, and the things I've liked the most about him is that, you know, I was asked on KETV, our buddy Andy Kendi asked mm-hmm. me the night before, you know, what advice would you give to Matt Rule? And mine was just, be yourself, be authentic, be available, uh, and let people know that you care. And, you know, he's out to dinner. You read he's out to dinner last night in Lincoln. He's hanging out. He's, he's not shying away uh, from anybody, at least not yet. You know, when you lose a few games, you might want to go inside a little bit more often. But he's undefeated right now. He's vulnerable. He's available. He's authentic. And you go online and see how he talked about, you know, he gave us talk about how he was ready to give up on his marriage. I mean, that's a far cry from anything you've heard over the last 10 years in that football office about letting people know exactly who you are and that you're one of them and you might be rich, but you're not perfect. Um, so there's, there's a lot of good things there that I think can, can help you get through the offseason and get you to spring ball if you're a Husker fan. Now, Matt, whenever I listen back to his presser yesterday, it really does strike me, and I think this was the initial impression, but it just strikes me how good of a speaker he is. He did all hit all the right notes, and I keep coming back to the, is that lip service or is that actually what he believes? Because he is such a gifted speaker, but then I, I sit back and I also try to quantify the fact that, you know what, being a gifted speaker is really important whenever you're at a high-level Power 5 gig like Nebraska. So what's your take on just that, the, the, the gifted speaker versus you know, going and improving it on the field? Well, I mean, you know, you can be a gifted speaker and be a bad president. You can be a gifted speaker and be a bad football coach. You know, it's not a given for anything. But, um, you know, I, I will say that I, I think with the things about him is that, you know, if someone had something bad to say about him, they would have said it by now. You know, if a former player had a bad time and a bad experience with Matt Rule, you would have heard it by now. And that doesn't mean that he's going to do everything right. Um, you know, the, he might be the son of a preacher, but he's not God. You know, he's not perfect. Um, so he's got to figure this thing out, and he's going to have a bunch of missteps. But I, I said on our Chicken Nick podcast a while ago, I said, you know, when this next head coach is hired, 
no matter who it is, because you were kind of going down the list of candidates, I said, you're going to be so refreshed. And I, I think I said, especially if it's Matt Rule, but talking about other candidates as well. It's going to be so refreshing to hear a coach up there who sounds like a head coach. And I said that even after Big Ten media days when things were going south for Scott Frost. You reflect on Big Ten media days and just how everyone sounds like a head coach except Scott. And that doesn't mean he's not a good coach. It does mean that the first impression isn't great. And if you're going to recruit and you're going to win over prospects, you're going to win over the fans, you're going to win funds, you know, and, and raise money, you got to be able to have a good first impression. And I think that's where Matt Rule hits the home run. Matt Schick with us from ESPN, Sirius XM, the Schick and Nick podcast, and find him on Twitter at ESPN underscore Schick. I think that the communication part is vital, and that's that's one thing to be able to do it when the cameras are on, but rule based on his builds and based on his turnarounds have been able, has been able to communicate to not only his position coaches, his assistant uh, head coach, but but also the, the players have bought in and then they've uh, they've figured out his plan and they've won and they've won in in short order. What's your feel on Nebraska right now? Say, let's just play this game for a second. Say Mickey, comes back, they give him a hefty raise, and it's the best he's going to do financially. Uh, and, and it outweighs a potential head coaching job somewhere else, assuming he would get said head coaching job with no coordinator experience. So say Mickey's taken care of, you got majority of the roster that returns. What could year one look like for a rule? What should year one look like with that part of the equation we've just spelled out? Well, I did interview Johnny the Jet Rogers this morning, and he assured me that Mickey's coming back. So I know he said that to everybody, but he assured me personally that he's coming back, uh, that it's a done deal. So take that to the bank uh, with Johnny the Jet Rogers. So let's assume that what you're saying with Mickey is correct. Um, I think what that does is it alleviates attrition, uh, because when you have a new head coach, I'm I'm wondering what's going to go on at Wisconsin, how much attrition you're going to have, especially if Jim Leonard's not involved moving forward. But – the fact that Matt Rule talked to Scott Frost and talked about, hey, what coach or two or what coaches should I keep an eye on? The fact that he's already met with Casey Thompson. Now, Matt Rule's not an idiot. He knows, like, hey, I need that quarterback, and he was pretty good. And, you know, do I want door number three or do I want the given known quantity of a guy who could probably get me to a bowl game? So um, I think the attrition aspect is going to be the key about all of this. But let's assume everything you said is right. Um, you know, this wasn't a great roster, but it had enough pieces to get to a bowl game. Um, but with a new offensive playbook, there's going to be learning curves. How is he going to, you know, mold the system to his players versus square peg round hole? All of those types of things that he talked about at the dais that you know, would lead you to believe that he, he's, gonna, he's not going to sacrifice tomorrow for today, but he's also not going to you know, make sure that uh, his system is in place, even if it means losing a ton of games, because the kids understand and the recruits get it uh, that, you know, the tradition is what you did last week, not last century. And so you need to win. And, so, and winning is really important and showing progress is important. And so um, I think his patience will be balanced with his passion for winning. And I think my guess, my realistic expectation was kind of like what it was last year and kind of like what it was the year before. 
this team should have been to a bowl game this year, and it should have been to a bowl game in Scott Frost's uh, penultimate season. And so I, I think that's realistic expectations uh, going in. I also think this, though, that if Matt Rule played it smart, they'd play very competitive and win like five games. Like that would be that would be the ideal scenario for Matt Rule because the last thing you want to do is set the bar too high. Look at Mel Tucker. Look at Brady Hoke. You know, baby steps, baby. And uh, <laughs> but uh, you know, with but with the transfer portal, um, the patience wears thin pretty quickly. But but I think a bowl is fairly uh, conceivable, and frankly, it should be the minimum. Matt Shake is with us here on Hale Varsity Radio, and. Matt, I want to talk about the other big hire of the weekend. That's Luke Fickle, because there's always going to be the, the, the comparison between the two based on the, the timing of the hires, the same offseason, the, the same weekend, really. And we can assume sitting here based on timing and based on contract numbers that Matt Rule was the pick over Luke Fickle and can't confirm that, but that's kind of reading in between the lines on, on the situation. And I, I want to get your take. It's a two-part question, and it could be the same answer from you. Which hire do you think has more wow factor from a, a national perspective? And then to follow that up, which hire do you think personally is better fit for the program where they're at right now? Well, I, I would say in terms of fit and need, it's probably rule because you needed a builder. Uh, but in terms of the wow factor and how the heck did they pull that off, I don't think it's any question that it's Luke Fickle. Luke Fickle wasn't even like top 12 on Bet AG or Bet.ag, whatever those bet. Sorry, guys, I don't bet, even though it's kind of a lie. I don't know those websites. But uh, top 12 coaching prospects for Wisconsin, he wasn't even in the betting role for that. He wasn't on the radar. And so the fact that a Luke Fickle turned down Michigan State when Mel Tucker got the gig tells you that that's a pretty good hire and, uh, and one that I think, you know, based on his track record, and his recent success, I mean, delivering a conference, not only a team to a playoff, but a conference to a power five, that's a wow factor for me. And so um, in terms of fit, it feels like rule with what he's saying and what Nebraska needs. But in terms of the wow factor and the more impressive hire that they pulled it off, I, I would say it's simple. Auburn and you freeze. You uh, know the SEC well. Uh, U's been really good wherever he's been on the field, and they've won ball games. What what type of what U Freeze is headed to the plains at Auburn? Are they gonna Are they gonna be able to to be back at it on the field in short order under him? And do you think he's rehabbed? Well, I think he's he'd better be rehabbed. Um, I think the. If you can't get rehabbed with the public ostracization that happened to him over the last five to ten years, then I'm not sure how you're ever going to figure it out. Yeah. Uh, I know he's a self-professed man of faith, and that certainly doesn't mean you're perfect. That's why you find faith, because you are far from perfect. Um, but at the same time, you do pay prices for your transgressions, and there are consequences. I think he's paid those. Uh, I think if he, as long as he comes to the job with a with a humble spirit and a servant's heart, you know, I think that'll win some people over. Um, but I think, you know, back to the on-field stuff, the, the attrition aspect, I think, gets alleviated by keeping Cadillac Williams. Again, he's not an idiot. Uh, he, he understands, hey, this guy was really good, won some games, won over the locker room, and he can help me win more games. 
kind of like the, the, the Mickey and Rule aspect, so and maybe the Leonard Fickle aspect if he stays on. So, um, but but I think you know there aren't. There's not a long list of people that have bitten, beaten Nick Saban more than once, and Hugh Freeze is on that list. So um, I think he'll be fine, and uh, I just wonder. It's just an it's just an awful setup there at Auburn. There's just, I mean, you're asking someone to cook a meal, and there's 38 chefs in there fighting over the ingredients. Like that's that's just how it goes. And so you got to find a quarterback. They didn't have one this year. They don't have one on the roster. Uh, but again, the transfer portal NIL, you can fix that pretty quickly. Like what you hear, high-quality radio and podcast is part of what we do at Hale Varsity. Hey, it's Chris Schmidt with Hale Varsity Radio, and I wanted to offer listeners of the Hale Varsity Radio Show podcast $10 off the price of an annual subscription. That means that you can get everything we do, 10 issues of our monthly magazine, our annual football yearbook, and all the premium content we produce at HaleVarsity.com. Just go to HaleVarsity.com backslash subscribe and enter in the promo code GBR for $10 off a full year of Hail Varsity. That's hailvarsity.com backslash subscribe promo code GBR. And now, and now back to Hail Varsity Radio. Matt Schick with us, of course, Schick and Nick podcast. And you, you know him from ESPN Radio, Sirius XM, and ESPNU. Matt, is it fixable in Madison for Leonard? Well, it's certainly going to be awkward. Uh, I said that uh, today on the, the Sirius XM show that I do. It's just so stinking awkward for him and Luke Fickle. And Luke is saying, hey, you know, I'm gonna, I'd am gonna, i like to coach this team in the bowl game but not be the head coach. Maybe I'll coach punters. Maybe I'll coach D-line. It's like, how do you do that? <laughs> how, do you, how do you do that when you've got Jim Leonard, the guy who you beat for the job, is the, quote, head coach for one more game? Is this his last audition for another job? Or before he jumps ship, um, the, that that situation is so tenuous um, that I just wonder, and with the ease of player movement with the portal, I wonder what that looks like. Um, you know, I can't see Leonard going to Nebraska. I can't see I can't see that. I think Luke Fickle and them will do whatever they can to keep him if they want him. But um, Luke Fickle being a defensive guy, do they even see things the right the same way? Are they even in alignment? We talk about that key buzzword from Matt Rule. So I, I, it, it's hard to imagine him staying, um, and it's hard to imagine this m- next month going very smoothly, but you haven't heard a peep from Leonard, and maybe that's a good thing. Maybe just he's got to just keep quiet for another week or so because his silence can also be auditioning for another job, and the last thing you want him to be is a, you know, is a bad apple and sour grapes about this whole thing. He'll land on a suite somewhere. I just I can't see it's him staying there. I really can't. College football playoff and championship weekend. We'll get there before we get you out. Matt Schick with us. And first, let's talk playoff. And where, where do you believe Ohio State and, and Alabama are, are at? You've had some of the who's who fade in the SEC, some tough finishes to the year for a couple of schools. Ohio State got absolutely annihilated again by Michigan. So they're, uh, they're not what they once were. The, the top four is set right now, but all right, let's who's knocking on the door? Who do you think the, uh, the the fifth best team is or the sixth best team? Uh, who's threatening that playoff spot? 
Yeah, I think it's Ohio State. I think they're the fifth best team. I think the knee jerk coming out of the game against Michigan was how could you have them even on the cusp? But if you go back and watch the game, if you go back and look at the box score, down to down, Ohio State was fine. Down to down, they were right there with Michigan. And I know it's bad to say, like, hey, there's four big plays, five big plays. That's not sustainable for Michigan if they were to play again. You can't count on big plays, especially if you're Michigan. Like, you know, other than that, Mrs. Lincoln, how was the play? Like, yeah, I get it, but that's why they won. So I get I get all of that. But on a down-to-down basis, that Ohio State was just as good, if not better than Michigan. Like, it looked in that first half that Ohio State was going to pull away. And then they just couldn't finish. Coach Day, Coach Scared. It was not a good performance. And Michigan, from the neck up, was very loose. And so I say all of that to say that, Ohio State's resume is better than Alabama's. Frankly, you could make the argument that Tennessee's resume is better than Alabama's. Um, Alabama might be two plays away from being undefeated. They're also two more plays away from having four losses. So um, their, their resume doesn't look great. Um, their wins aren't looking as good. You know, Ole Miss has hit the cliff. Um, you know, even their loss to LSU doesn't look as good anymore. So I think there's a lot of things there that point to Ohio State. Um, and frankly, I'm – I get the people who say, hey, if U.S. US the top four should be the same coming out of this weekend, no matter what, they want to say that before these games are played? Like, what if USC gets pounded at the line of scrimmage by, by Utah? And you're going, okay, this doesn't look very good. How's this team going to fare against Georgia as a four seed? Get, get out of here. So, you know, I get it, but I would also say that I think Ohio State is better than USC. Ohio State would probably fare better than USC. And that if USC were to slip up, I would not really hesitate to put USC, or excuse me, to put Ohio State in there. And then if TCU were to slip up, I still think you put TCU up there. I think their strength of record is uh, the best in the country, if not top two. And um, I, I don't think they should be punished. But, again, it's, it's like the old coach Bo Pelini used to say, not what you do, but how you do it. And it's hard to make blanket statements today when we haven't seen the games yet. So let's see how it all plays out. But I will say this. Um, we have two conference championship games that kind of matter because of this 14 playoff, because, you know, the other teams can lose and still get in. In a 12-team playoff, they're all going to matter. And – I'm, I'm excited for that. As much as people say, ah, oh, you diminish the, the regular season with too much playoff inclusion. Well, these conference championship games, you know, by and large, don't mean a whole lot year after year. And I think that would be a, a great breath of fresh air when conference championship weekend means you're, you win and you're in. And I think that would uh, add a little spice to it. Well, Matt, let's go to the, the conference championship weekend and start with the game that you were talking about just a little bit earlier. It's USC and Utah Friday night kickoff, and I'm not going to ask you to predict a score. I'm not going to ask you to predict against the spread. Just your, your gut feeling on who gets the win, USC-Utah. Well, I'll say USC simply because Cam Rising just has not been playing well. Um, it's really surprising, too. Utah was my preseason, one of my preseason top four teams to make the playoffs, so I'm uh, I'm pretty surprised that they have no shot going into this game. If you would have said that at the end of the season, beginning of the season, um, you know they won by a two-point conversion at Rice Eccles. Uh, this will be neutral field in Vegas. This will be a little bit different. You got 
Um, Caleb Williams playing out of his mind. The defense playing a little bit better. It's hard to pick against USC based on the wave of momentum. But I also know that when teams have a lot on the line, we've seen Pac-12 teams in the past look at Oregon, look at others in the past two or three or four years, Utah even. You have an opportunity and you blow it. And so, you know, things get a little tight. And so I think Utah will go in there with absolutely nothing to lose. They're the more physical team. And I think they're going to make USC uh, earn everything they've got. But uh, I would like Utah to win just for the chaos so that uh, the selection committee's biggest decision isn't just the flavor of cream cheese on the bagel on Sunday morning, but actually a football conversation about who should be included. Uh, but I think USC will, will take care of it. Matt Schick with his Schick and Nick podcast with Herdad Media, of course, Sirius XM and ESPN uh, with us here, Hale Varsity Radio. Schick, we'll get you out here on this, but do you give LSU much of a shot here for an upset? No, and I didn't give them a shot four weeks ago, even after they beat Alabama and people were running their mouths about what if they beat Georgia. Like, let's, what, why is LSU viewed at as this elite-level team? Because they beat a fallible Alabama team? On a two-point conversion, like, you know, I get it. They're riding a little wave of momentum, but um, it's, you know, Georgia, the gap between Georgia and Michigan I don't think is incredibly sizable, but the gap between Georgia and, like, the fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth, ninth best team I think is, especially in the trenches. And so uh, I would be I would be stunned I would be more stunned if LSU beats Georgia than if Purdue beats Michigan. I'll put it that way. Well, that's where I was going to go next, Shake, and this is probably where we'll get you out. Does Purdue stand a chance, A and B, if, if they do somehow pull off a miraculous victory? What kind of chaos would that cause to college football? Well, I, I, I guess the only chaos it would cause is if they pounded Michigan, which isn't going to happen. I, I think Michigan's playing with a mulligan here. Uh, I think they're in no matter what. I think maybe it changes what color jersey Michigan's wearing in the playoff if Purdue wins or loses, if Purdue wins that game. Um, I think that the cool thing about Purdue in its first appearance is that you know, Jeff Brom can scheme some things. Um, Purdue's going to be able to move the ball a little bit. You know, I'm always interested in teams that are just coming off this emotional, huge win over a rival and how that looks seven days later, um, let alone with the point spread, but just straight up. Um, you know, a Purdue team that kind of backed its way in and is now playing with house money, a very experienced quarterback, um, a very good wide receiver in Charlie Jones, a very good running back in Devin Mockabee, and a defense that. You know, I don't know if they'll be able to hold up, but are they going to be going against Blake Corm or not? So uh, I, I do give Purdue an, an opportunity here because they'll share the field with them. But, um, I, you know, Michigan will win the game, but it, it wouldn't shock me if they have to sweat it out a little bit. But I don't think it'll have any impact on the playoffs. Matt Schick with us. Find him on Twitter at ESPN underscore Schick. Matt, thanks for the time. We talked to you. off. Always had some fun. Thanks for uh, giving us a few minutes. Anytime, guys. Go USA. Be careful. Matt Schick with us, Sale Varsity Radio at ESPN underscore Schick. And well, other than that, Mrs. Lincoln, how was the play? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was good. That was so funny. Man, good resource. College football playoff, another reveal happening. It'd be really cool for the Big Ten to get two teams in. As down as the Big Ten's been this year, I mean, the West has been 
completely 180 from what it was last year where he had five nine-win teams a season ago. Northwestern blew out a majority of their staff today. Some longtime assistants because he's one of, you know, Fitz is one. You know, the only win they had, man, Nebraska, one in 11 this year. From a playoff standpoint, what Michigan did without Corum and uh, with those four big plays, it's more of a mentality and attitude. And this is year two in a row with what Michigan's done to Ohio State. Ohio State can out-athlete about anybody, and Ohio State can get away with... And, and they're not as soft this year as they were last year when they got trounced in, last, the, in, the, in the snow. Last year they were Charmin Ultrasoft. Yes, uh, just faster than you, and they can bubble it. But, I mean, their, their philosophy's got to change. Uh, we talk a lot about Nebraska and rule and stopping the run and being able to run the football. But Ohio State's going to have to get more in tune with that. As great as their skill people are and as good as their quarterbacks have been, uh, when they made a run at the playoff, in the playoff to the championship game, it was downhill running and it was fields with uh, a little bit of physical element in the quarterback run game. Well, it's going to be really interesting to see tonight whether they drop below USC in the rankings. You'd think they would. You would think USC would take that four spot. Ohio State probably in five, and LSU in... You can't drop, all, or you can't drop LSU after a win, though, so... Well, they got whacked by a bad A&M team. LSU's going right. to free fall. That is correct. I missed that game. Uh, no, no you're, no, you're fine, though. I mean, going into it, no, there was talk about LSU. I mean, they're a three-loss football team. But I mean, the question becomes now is can Ohio State get that, that backdoor entrance into the college football playoff? You t- they they I think, probably need a loss from USC. I, I th- well, I think despite the strength of schedule, I think Ohio State's a better team than TCU. And if K-State knocks them off, they were up 18 points on them the first time. TCU gets knocked off. Ohio State could sneak in. 100%. And, they, and they will over a two-loss Bama team. And the things to watch tonight are where does Ohio State fall to and can Michigan jump Georgia? I don't think so, but maybe. No, Georgia's... That's a good Ohio State team they just beat. Pretty, Georgia's pretty awesome. Chime in, 402-466-ESPN, or email the show, chris at hailvarsity.com. Just try me, try me. Back to Hail Varsity Radio. Back with you, it's Hail Varsity Radio. We're presented by Currency. For all your equipment financing needs, go Currency. And questions on the StreamYard post still revolving around Mickey Joseph. Is he a... Candidate for a head coaching job, I believe absolutely. And if he truly isn't, it's his job, his agent's job, to make sure <laughs> that leverage exists to get as much money here in Lincoln. So that's that's what everyone was wondering about yesterday. What's Mickey's future in Nebraska? And we're still wondering that question today. Mitch Sherman with us in hour one. Check that interview out. The podcast, Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, Hail Varsity Radio. Uh, you can either listen to the whole show or you can uh, check the specific interviews with Matt Schick and, of course, uh, Mitch Sherman. And the also full, the sorry. full show also on, on um, the uh, YouTube channel, the Hail Varsity YouTube channel. Another big talking point today, new running back coach for Nebraska, and we have Anthony Grant chiming in here uh, on Coach Applewhite saying, going to miss you, Coach Applewhite. Love you, and you'll forever be a great dude to me. Also a mentor with a couple of heart emojis, a 100 emoji, and then the uh, the fingers crossed emoji. So uh, 
Anthony Grant wishes uh, Coach Applewhite the, the best in his future ventures, and we'll see what uh, is in store for Anthony Grant, whether it's going to be another season at Nebraska or elsewhere. Well, in, in that – yeah, V.J. Barthel, uh, Rivals reporting first, and Brady Altman's got a good story, so check that out, HailVarsity.com, our staff writer on, on the latest and most up-to-date staff movement. But uh, Barthel looks to be the running backs coach for Nebraska as uh, UConn uh, running backs coach Barthel hired away. Jim Mora Jr. had him there. Barthel, uh, the uh, director of player personnel at Temple, and then also recruiting coordinator at Penn State in 2016. Uh, there was some questions on Twitter about, hey, did, did Barthel recruit Micah Parsons? And no, I think Parsons was 17, 27, class of 2017, wasn't he? I thought he was uh, class of 2018. His, his recruiting blew up that summer of 2017. That would have been the summer after my senior year, but then his senior year was the 2017 football season. Were you at Were you class. at Friday Night Lights with him? Uh, I was the year before. Okay, that's how, that's how I remember so well because I remember being like, "Man, that would have been cool to see that guy." You, in you person. got a guy running four three. That's a linebacker. Penn State never blitzed him. Dallas is sending him like a madman off the edge the all the time. Well, and, well, I understand it though because. Micah Parsons was athletic enough that he didn't really need to blitz him. He could come downhill and fill the run, but he was more valuable. As you talk about that 4-3 speed, I think it was more 4-4, but go sideline to sideline in the Big Ten, just stick him at middle backer. And why he was would, awesome. Why waste him on a blitz whenever he can make a tackle for you on the near sideline, on the far sideline, up the middle? Like He, he can tackle anywhere. So mm-hmm. I, I understand it from Penn State. I know, but I just I look at a, a beast and, and listen. Their defensive lines have always been really pretty good, mm-hmm. so they didn't always need to blitz to get pressure. So novel thought, and we'll see. You know the the future for for Bill Bush and Becton and a lot of these guys here on staff, and some of these guys came in to try and and save the day in short order after changes a year ago. And Applewhite's one of those guys. And really always appreciated Applewhite, liked his recruiting prowess. And you got to kind of think back, too, on the recruiting trail. Uh, Matt Rule and and his folks at Baylor probably know a lot about Applewhite just because of Applewhite being at TCU. You're rivals, but you're recruiting against one another in the state of Texas. So Rule must be pretty confident with what he can get and, and what he has recruiting connection-wise in Texas if Applewhite's not retained because Applewhite was pretty instrumental uh, with getting O'Shawn Mathis, and I know the ROI on O'Shawn wasn't his game-to-game, but, man, was he huge. Was he big time in that fourth quarter against Iowa? Yeah, and O'Shawn Mathis, I think, in a better team, may have been able to be utilized a little bit differently if you can build a lead and force a Big Ten team into passing situations. Let him go off the edge. His strength was not in run, yeah, but if he specialized off the edge, he really did well. Um, but I think this kind of gets back to, to Rule's point he made yesterday that he wants young, hungry guys to be his assistant coaches. And you look at that with Barthel. I mean, this is his first time jumping up, being a position coach at a Power Five, and Matt Rule must have seen enough with him at Temple and then uh, did great at UConn to, to think that he's ready for that jump up. And that's kind of been the story here. Look at Terrence Knight and another younger guy who's looking to, to get that jump up into Power Five assist, uh, assistant coaching where it, it fits the bill. It fits the bill for what Matt Rule says he wants, and, and you understand it. A young guy with hunger is going to be one of those guys that's willing to get up at 5 a.m. to get this thing going, and Matt Rule 
was up at 5 o'clock this morning. I, I should say at the stadium at 5 o'clock this morning. We know because he tweeted out that picture of the national championships up on the, uh, the East Stadium. Barthol knows the Big Ten, or at least you would presume knows the Big Ten to, getting, to get the recruiting coordinator spot for a year at, at Penn State and didn't last longer than a year. Don't know the backstory to that, but he's a guy that has East Coast connections, uh, a guy that played at UMass, and uh, Nebraska's going to hunker down. They're going to hit Florida. They're going to hit Texas. They're going to hit New Jersey. They're going to hit the East Coast. But they're also going to focus in-state, and, and you need somebody for that. So an, either an outside hire or if Mickey's retained, his job is to, to do Nebraska. And his job is to uh, hit the metro regions in Nebraska. There's great players outside the metro region as well. But Mickey, uh, Mickey obviously has that, uh, that grasp down in Louisiana too. But Bill Bush to me is the 500-mile radius guy mm-hmm. uh, that, that you would think about keeping or find a spot for. It uh, doesn't sound like that's the case per Mitch Sherman. And I, th- I thought that Bill Bush would be a great look to bring back as an analyst. That was really my take here because um, got married back in 2018 and spent the one year at LSU and then uh, his wife from Lincoln wanted to move back Look what he here. did for LSU. He brought him Joe Burrow, for God's sake. That's what I'm saying. Is it, is it seemed like a, a good fit to have but Bush he was, somewhere He was a staff. safeties coach for, for three years down at LSU. And with how Matt Rule likes to get two guys on your line to scrimmage on, on both ways, it kind of makes sense to have a guy double dip. He can be special teams and safeties. But Matt Rule's got a vision. So so if uh, if Mitch is correct and Bill Bush is not coming back, I'm curious to see who, who fills that Bill Bush role. Because, uh, again, while – you like what you have here. The, the whole point of bringing in new coaches, bringing in new life, and bringing in new voices. Well, new go ideas. get wins. Go get wins. Exactly. Go, go get wins. Does does Rule pull a Baylor move? Does he hire a high school coach on staff from the state of Nebraska? It, it's difficult to say, and it might hinge on Mickey because I think Mickey's a guy you trust to, to lock down the borders of the state of Nebraska and be good in recruiting in the state. But if you can't, then you might want to look that direction of, of getting somebody who's got connections. But I don't think Matt Rule is worried about being over to win over the state of Nebraska, especially after how well he did at the press conference yesterday. I, I don't think that's concerning. There's more legwork to do aside from winning a press conference. Uh, you got to go be doing all the things he was doing down in, at TCU, speaking at conferences, going and being, you know, uh, keynote speakers, visiting seven, eight high schools a day. There's a lot of legwork to be done, but I think if you can retain Mickey, you might not need to go get the high school coach in order to, to build up your I'm just your We're just talk, We're just talking out loud. I mean, exactly. it, it'll, it'll shape together how it's supposed to shape together, but, um, you know, you're, you're, you're happy, a lot of you, Nebraska fan-wise, that, that you got rule. Well, here's some more national reaction. Before we close down a, Thursday, a Tuesday, uh, on tomorrow's show, we'll – Get ready for Nebraska basketball. We'll spend more time on the college football landscape and the latest on Nebraska's coaching staff. And uh, Mike Babcock will be with us. Evan Bland also joins the show. We'll wind out a Tuesday with Hale Varsity, presented by Currency. Miss us? Come here, brother. Give me a hug. Bring it in for the real thing. We're on call for you. Catch the podcast at HailVarsity.com, the ESPN Lincoln app, or download them on iTunes. Saddle up, partner. Back to Hail Varsity Radio. One final time, Hail Varsity Radio, presented by Currency for all your equipment financing needs. 
Go Currency, numbers to dial up at 466-3776-4663776-800-825-5865. Reminder to get buckled up, hands on the wheel, eyes and mind straight ahead. The driver is one job to drive. A message from the Nebraska Department of Highway Safety Office. You're hearing us in a lot of spots across the state. We appreciate you doing that. Also streaming, but uh, Winter Weather Advisory in Lincoln uh, for another five minutes or so, and I, I haven't been outside yet, but man, I stepped outside to, my my grill cover flew off, and the two idiots, my two pups, the German and the Labradoodle, uh, both love when when dad's grill cover gets loose because they rip the hell out of it. So it blew off, and I stepped on the top step. I have three steps to my patio. You ate it. And I freaking ate it. <laughs> and I caught myself, but, I mean, I looked like Willie Mays Hayes sliding uh, into home plate off of Jake Taylor's butt. If you remember the classic major league, it was one of those last-second slides where it's a hook slide with that left foot, and the, um, the, the leg is uh, not quite 90 degrees, but it's – it's back. It's pinned. And I slid down, and all they did was they were both jumping up and down and then wagging their tail. They thought they didn't laugh. I don't know if dogs can laugh, but, man, they thought it was the funniest thing to see me eat it. Grills covered, which is important. But How's your health? That's more important. I'm all right. Uh, I, I didn't know I was that flexible or stretchy, <laughs> but I am. And I went out like a dumbass and bare feet like just you, know, you get home from the morning shift and i just take my shoes out oh, gr- grill cover okay pups are out grill covers on the on the ground they're going to destroy this thing they're 50 bucks why did it blow off anywho and then see i swear gone. it was less icy on this end of town as compared to your end of town dude i'm, I'm not was... sure maybe whenever you leave and work like I, well I it's a covered covered patio and it was just it was an ice rink ah, see, and i was... and i should have been cautious my house was not icy this morning so i i saw a lot of people around town posting like oh it's icy even i, mm-hmm. I didn't think it was bad at my house maybe it's just a, a different end of town type thing wherever you're at because you're getting snow in different spots around the state be careful that is our obvious advice so are you going to do uh short ribs here for for coach pot roast i might actually I, I are, are you gonna, are you gonna roommate, fire so. him a dm and say hey not to be weird uh, but welcome to Nebraska. Would you like to come over for some pot roast and maybe sign my jersey? See, I have a great pot roast recipe. The key is Coca-Cola. Ooh, yes. I, I've heard that. It, oh, it makes the best pot you roast. You need the Lipton. Lipton un- French onion soup mix. See, yeah, you need that soup mix. You need the uh, the meat. It's got to be good. Oh, the, yeah, you got to get the chuck roast. The chuck roast. Ch- is- chuck roast, Lipton French onion soup mix, and then you go a little bit of cream of mushroom soup. Yeah. And, yep. and Coca-Cola. Can of Coke. But how how much onion do you put in with the, uh, the the potatoes, the baby potatoes? I don't do the potatoes. I do I do carrots and onion. That's it. No, you got it. The potatoes are key. Well, I'll throw in some garlic cloves too, but I keep the potatoes out, and I'll slow roast those in the oven if I want the potatoes. Okay. They get mushy and gross if you let them go all day. Dude, they soak up. All of that goodness. Mm, they get all mushy. Debate tomorrow. It's fine. Talk to you at four. Thanks for spending time with Hale Varsity, presented by Currency. A Huda Media Production.